Good morning, Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church. It's been a tough year for many in the congregation, from dealing with the loss of family and friends, tough decisions over our children's education, to simply missing opportunities to see each other in person at worship, Sunday school, and fellowship events. I know a lot of you, like me, are ready for a return to normalcy and ready to send 2020 off into the sunset. But before we do that, let's take the opportunity to slow down and feel the warmth of the Advent season. Christmas may look different for many of us this year, but let's also look at this season as a chance to bask in old traditions and eagerly create some new ones. The Adult Faith Formation Committee has been hard at work preparing something to help you and your families do just that. Next week, you'll receive our 2020 Advent Devotional Booklet in the mail. The Advent Devotional Booklet represents a collaboration between Adult Faith Formation Ministry team with pastors, staff, and church members representing a wide array of ministries and ages. It's an invitation to scripture, study, and prayer, and action that seeks to help you form a deeper connection to God during this important season celebrating the birth of Christ. Each week, we'll invite you to reflect on a different theme of the season as we light both our Advent wreath in the sanctuary and yours at home. The booklet includes liturgy, scripture, and reflective passages to help bring you some warmth as you and your families light your candles. Prayer and devotionals were submitted by various staff and members of our congregation, and artwork was done by our children and youth ministries members. It's our hope the Advent devotional booklet will give you an opportunity to reflect on the blessings of this year and the season with some hope to look forward to in the coming year. Thanks to all who helped participate in the collaboration on this book and for your contributions. Please be on the lookout for yours in the mail uh, this week. If you haven't received yours by the first Sunday of Advent, there'll be extra copies in the church office. We hope you have an Advent season full of hope, peace, love, and joy. Thank you. Good morning. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're so glad you're with us in worship. God is truly glorified by your presence. I'd like to share a few announcements in the life of the church. The Fellowship and Congregational Life Committee invite you tonight to the Thanksgiving trivia from 5 to 6 o'clock. There will be a prize for the winning team. You can register on the Mount Pleasant Presbyterian website. Go to the events page and you'll be in register and you'll be sent the Zoom link to join. Also, gathering around books will meet from 5.30 to 6.30 on Friday evening. This month, they will be gabbing about the book When Breath Becomes Air. Uh, you don't have to have read the book to join the discussion. You can, again, register on the website on the events page. This Thursday is Thanksgiving and our traditional Thanksgiving service uh, that has been put together by uh, many of our staff will be available Thanksgiving Day at 10 o'clock and be up the rest of the day on the website and on the Facebook page. Uh, I hope you'll join us uh, for that special moment of Thanksgiving prayer and thankfulness. Uh, this coming Sunday, November 29th, we will begin a brand new liturgical year with the beginning of Advent. Uh, it will also be the day that we start a new uh, schedule for our worship services. Uh, there's plenty of information on the website about that, or you can call the church. But just briefly, there will be a 9 a.m. live stream service, which will be this service that's now at 10 o'clock, will be at uh, 9 a.m., at 10.30, there will be an in-person sanctuary service that is limited to 120 people. That's 60 people in the sanctuary and 60 people in the overflow in the fellowship hall. Advanced reservations are required for this. Uh, masks shall be worn at all times by anyone three and over. 
and there will be ushers available both outside and around the church to uh, help people in and exit. Um, and then at 11.30 will be our outdoor porch service that it, we've been having at 8.15. But please go to the website for detailed instructions on how this new pattern of worship uh, can be a part of your faith journey and your family's faith journey. Also, the Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church nominating committee is in the process of collecting recommendations from the congregation for the next class of officers. Um, if God's placed someone on your heart, some, some name or some face comes to you that you think would be helpful in leadership, again, go to the website. There's a, a tab under the Connect uh, tab, drop-down menu, and you can select nominations, and it'll give you a brief uh, qualifications and instructions on how you might uh, think about and pray about uh, entering someone's name, and then you can enter that right there on, on the website. Um, obviously, this time of year, mission opportunities are heavy on our hearts, and just a couple of things I know a lot of y'all been asking me personally about and calling in the church about is Wise Giving and Angel Tree. Both those will go live this year, uh, this coming week on the website, so be on the lookout for that. And then I'm sure you've seen on the news uh, about the devastation in Honduras because of the series of hurricanes they've had there. There's been lots of flooding. Uh, one of our uh, partners in Honduras, the Lamb Institute, and several others have partnered with water missions here in Charleston, and they're asking for some specific needs um, and these would all need to be new items, uh, not used items, but new items, bedding, sleeping mats, flashlights, lightweight rain ponchos, and clothing. Again, make sure this is all new. Tents, tarps, cots, even generators, hygiene kits, five-gallon buckets, and coloring books and crayons. You can drop those off at Water Mission Headquarters, which is over in North Charleston on Molly Green Way. Or if you want to, you can bring things by the church and leave them on the fellowship hall. I'll be checking it all week. I'm going to be taking a load of things over there Wednesday uh, afternoon. So if you could have it here by Wednesday noon, uh, that would be great. They're open over at Water Mission from 7 to 5 this Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, where you can drop things off. They'll have bins out in the parking lot that will be marked, and you can just drive in and drop your, drop your things off. So lots of things to remember there. So Please check your e-news and go back to the website and pray about how you can connect uh, during this time of Thanksgiving to support the church and to support those in need around the world. But now let us begin the most important thing that we do, which is worship God. May I call us to worship. I'll be using today words from Psalm 95 to call us to worship and obedience. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with song of praise. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In your hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also yours. The sea is yours. You made it and your hands have molded the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, that today you would hear God's voice. 
Each time we come to these waters of baptism, we remember the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." In the waters of baptism, God claims us, God seals us as God's own, God unites us with Jesus Christ and makes us part of His body. So as we approach this, this font, be assured that the promises of God are for you and for your children, for all who are far away, for anyone and everyone whom the Lord our God calls. On behalf of the session, I present Griffin Sintel Marley, child of Liza and Ross Marley to receive the sacrament of baptism. So, Liza and Ross, it's tradition in our 
um, part of Christianity that when parents bring infants to receive the sacrament of baptism, that you answer some questions about your faith and the faith that you intend to pass on to uh, little Griffin. Um, it's exciting today that uh, you are here, that also that Griffin is surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and um, reminded of the generations that stand with him as he takes this step uh, into the church, including this um, gown that he is wearing that means a lot to your family, uh, and to be surrounded by family is a special thing. So in the joy and gratitude of, of that presence, uh, I'll ask these questions of you now. That's right. We will get right to it. All right. Uh, Liza and Ross, do you desire that your child be baptized? Do you? Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith and to teach that faith to your child? Do you? Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Do you? And do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and in his love? Do you? And will you, with God's help, be Christ's faithful disciples, obeying his word and showing his love with God's help? Will you? People of this church promise to tell the good news of the gospel, to help Griffin know all that Christ commands, and by our fellowship to strengthen his family ties with the household of God. And do we promise to support his parents as they seek to raise their child in the Christian faith? Do we? We do. Let us pray. We thank you, O God, for these waters of baptism. For in this water, an old life is washed away and a new life in you begins. In this water, we are clothed with your righteousness. In this water, we become your children. So send your Holy Spirit once again to move over this water, that it may be a fountain of deliverance and rebirth, and pour out your Holy Spirit upon this child, that Griffin may have the power to do your will and to continue forever in the risen life of Christ. To you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, be all praise, honor, and glory, both now and forever. Amen. So what is the Christian name of this child? Griffin Sintel, child of the covenant. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May the blessings of God descend upon you and dwell in your heart forever. Amen. See what love the Father has for us that we should be called children of God. And that is indeed what we are. Little Griffin comes into the body of Christ today as a little child, but he comes into this blessing just like all of us do, without any claim or merit, only as people who receive a gift that is given from heaven with love and gratitude. So in love and gratitude, let us pray together as we celebrate the joy of welcoming another little friend into the body of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for these sacred moments, not only in the life of this family, but also in the life of this congregation. As one of your children is brought near and sealed with the sign of your eternal promise. It is with joy and gratitude that we ask for your wisdom and guidance as we as a church seek to support Liza and Ross as they raise their child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
We pray all of these things in the name of Christ the King, to the glory of God our Father. Amen. Now with sincere, and, with sincere and repentant hearts, let us name our sins against Christ and before one another by confessing our sins found printed in the bulletin. Let me pray our confession with you and for you. God of mercy, who has compassion for the lost and the least, we confess that we have failed to follow the ways of Christ. We should have seen you in the classmate on the playground whom we did not invite to join our game, or in the stranger whose pain we refused to see, or in the neighbor at the nursing home whom we left to carry her pain alone. We should have seen you in the man begging for work or a warm meal, in the woman struggling to overcome addiction in the child seeking refuge from the terrors of violence. But instead, we turned away. Forgive us, Lord. Break our hearts with the things that break yours. Give us compassion and courage to respond to the suffering of your people and increase the holy reign of Christ in our hearts and in our world. Amen. Brothers and sisters, hear the good news. God seeks the lost sheep and feeds them with justice. Forgiven and freed, turn then and live in Christ our Lord. Amen. Now as those forgiven and made whole, let us share the peace of Christ with one another. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. see you there. I was just doing some coloring with my new box of crayons. I love crayons. You probably do too. I love to draw pictures with crayons. Actually, today I'm drawing a picture of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Uh, the Bible calls Jesus the Good Shepherd because Jesus takes care of us in the same way that a Good Shepherd would take care of the sheep. Uh, Jesus is the good shepherd because Jesus is a kind and gentle and loving person. 
Unfortunately, that is not always the case. We have people in our lives sometimes who are not always kind and generous and loving. We might even call those people in our lives that aren't kind and generous and loving, we might call them bullies. A bully is someone who does something like this. What if I say I won't give you the knuckle? A knuckle sandwich. Yeah. You wanna try it? No. duty if you tell anyone. Uh-huh. You'll pulverize me, then you'll knock my block off, then you'll give me the old one too, then you'll jump on me. <laughs> see you tomorrow. So you can see it's not very much fun to have a friend who's a bully. In fact, we wouldn't really call them friends at all because they're not very concerned about our happiness or our feelings. The bully just wants what the bully wants. As I think about bullies, it actually makes me think about crayons as well because crayons are a lot of fun and they're really useful and you can draw all kinds of nice pictures, but you have to treat crayons with a little bit of care, right? I mean, what happens if you're too rough with a crayon or if you're too hard on a crayon? If you mistreat a crayon, you know what happens. The crayon breaks and then you just have little pieces of crayon. Now, can I still use this crayon? I could, but it's not as much fun and it's certainly not as easy. And if I keep mistreating my crayons, then what am I gonna end up with? A big pile of broken crayon pieces. And that is not nearly as much fun as having a new fresh set of crayons to play with. I think that's kind of what happens to a bully, right? If a bully mistreats friends, if a bully kind of pushes people around to get what they want, they kind of break other people, they break their friendships. So if they do that for a long time, then pretty much all they have are broken friendships all around them. And that is not a recipe uh, for being happy. And it doesn't really please God. So bullies kind of have to remember, just like we have to remember, that people are fragile too and that we need to treat them with respect and kindness just as Jesus would treat us with respect and kindness. That reminds me of two Bible verses that Jesus actually taught us. Both of them come from the fifth chapter of Matthew. And the first one is a message to people who are being bullied by mean people. And Jesus wants them to know uh, that God will bless us when people insult us, mistreat us, and tell all kinds of evil lies about us because of God. That's in Matthew 5:11. In other words, the Good Shepherd wants us as his sheep to know that even when we are being mistreated by people, that God is very much with us, and God loves us just as much as God has ever loved us and wants us to feel better. The other thing is a little harder for us to remember when we are being mistreated by a bully. And that is what Jesus said toward the end of the fifth chapter, when Jesus said, you have heard it said to love your neighbors and hate your enemies. 
But I tell you to love your enemies and pray for anyone who mistreats you, because then you will be acting like your Father in heaven. In other words, even when a bully is mean to us, Jesus still wants us to love that person. Jesus wants us to treat the bully like we would treat a brand new crayon, with gentleness and respect and with love. Because if we do that, then we are being much more like the Good Shepherd. And that is definitely a goal worth having. Good morning. Let's bow our heads for the prayer of illumination. Heavenly Father, at this time of year, we give thanks for your spirit who enables us to prayerfully read and understand your holy word, a gift for which we are truly thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning's reading is from the book of Matthew, the 25th chapter, the 31st through the 46th verses. When the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats at the left. And the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food? or thirsty and gave you something to drink? Or when was it when we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it for one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And then he will say to those on his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord. When was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And then he will answer them, truly, truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into internal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of the Lord. Oh
Old Testament lesson on this Christ the King Sunday comes from the prophet Ezekiel, the 34th chapter, verses 11 through 16, and then verses 20 through 24. So listen now for the word of God to the church. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide, I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So growing up in North Carolina, the Andy Griffith Show was a fairly big part of my childhood. I'm pretty sure it's still a law up there that every TV station in the state must meet a strict quota of hours devoted to the program. And when I was growing up, WFMY in Greensboro did their civic duty with plenty of late afternoon reruns. 
One of the most memorable episodes, which was originally aired in the fall of 1961, was aptly titled, Opie and the Bully. Every day on his way to school, little Opie Taylor was being accosted by Sheldon, a mean kid from his class who demanded Opie's lunch milk money as a toll to walk down his street. You met Sheldon in that little clip from the children's sermon this morning. And you also saw if Opie refused to hand over his nickel that Sheldon would threaten him with a knuckle sandwich. However, with the help of Deputy Barney Fife, Sheriff Andy Taylor figured out a way to help little Opie stand up to Sheldon's bullying. He held on to his nickel. He did end up taking that knuckle sandwich, but he laughed in Sheldon's face. And then, and I quote, he lit into him like a windmill in a tornado. And the rest we know is history. A much more confident Opie grows up to direct Cocoon and Backdraft and win an Academy Award for A Beautiful Mind. Bullying, as we all know, however, remains a fairly common part of the human condition. It's not something that just appears in black and white TV. And it's been around as long as lunchtime. It certainly was present in the world of the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel was among those unfortunate Hebrew souls who were carried off into exile by the bullies of Babylon, who laid siege to Jerusalem in 587 BCE. After holding out valiantly for 18 months, the starving occupants of Jerusalem eventually succumbed to the stronger invading Babylonian army. And the Hebrew people were forced to watch as their conquerors executed the king's sons and then violently blinded the king himself. It was a common punishment for rebellious slaves, which is exactly the way the Israelites as a nation were viewed. Thousands of humiliated residents were then deported in caravans back east to Babylon. So it's not a surprise that the word that God gives to the prophet Ezekiel to share with the bullied masses of Israel is a word of comfort and promise and presence. God has heard the cries of the sheep who have been pushed and gored and scattered, the ones who are hungry and tired, the ones who have been moved around by the pressing flanks and shoulders of fatter, stronger, and meaner beasts. Ezekiel reassures the people that God is squarely on the side of the poor and the weak and the marginalized. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, God says, and I will make them lie down. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged. At the same time, Ezekiel brings a word of warning to the bullies, the leaders, the movers, the shakers who are grabbing and gobbling up more than their fair share, those who are making themselves fat at the expense of the weaker sheep. The fat and the strong I will destroy, says the Lord. 
because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide, I will judge between sheep and sheep. Now, far be it from me to question the wisdom of Sheriff Andy Taylor, but I feel like the story of Opie and the bully was built on a fairly narrow presumption, and it was this, that Opie actually could fight back. Sheldon was Opie's elementary school classmate. He was not bigger than Opie. He was just meaner. So Opie could stand his ground and he could fight back. That is, as we know, not always the case with bullies. Growing up in Greensboro, I distinctly remember one bully who was at his worst when it snowed. The best sledding hill in our neighborhood was down at the junior high school, and all the kids went there. One boy who was several years older and much bigger than everyone else would pick on the smaller kids. And it was clear that he wanted to dominate the hill. He was not interested in sharing it. He wanted to control it. The younger kids knew that we were no match for this guy. We had seen it play out again and again. So eventually we just kept our distance, and sometimes we even left when the bully showed up. It just wasn't much fun when he was around. The situation in Jerusalem was much more like that. It was not a question of taking a stand against a Sheldon. It was a question of a starved, depleted, and largely defenseless people being run off by a mighty army that just wanted the whole hill. I worry today that kids are dealing not with Sheldons, but with something else. The bullies that they face are often at a distance, and those bullies now have new and more powerful weapons at their disposal. So in addition to all the traditional up-close and personal ways that a kid can get bullied, many kids must also contend with attacks via text message and online through social media, and the combined effect can be overwhelming to a young person. In the United States, one in five students between the ages of 12 and 18 say they have been bullied. For sixth graders, the figure rises to nearly a third of all students. Seventy percent of school staff say they have witnessed bullying firsthand, and over half of the students between the ages of 12 and 18 who have reported being bullied say that they earnestly believe that their bullies had great power to influence what other students thought of them. In other words, these are not just one-on-one confrontations. It is more like one person facing a faceless army that has all kinds of powerful weapons in its arsenal. Now, most of us have experienced some kind of bullying in our lives, and that is why Ezekiel's message speaks so powerfully through the years and across the generations. Because if we feel like helpless sheep from time to time, if we feel like we are being 
pushed around by forces that are stronger than we are, we receive well God's promise to be the shepherd whose staff is ready to defend and care for his lambs. Our God is on a mission to seek out and save the lost. Our God is on a mission to find the ones who are not getting their fair share of the things that they need, on a mission to feed them and clothe them and bind up their wounds and remind them that they too are precious in God's sight. In short, our Savior claims an identity as the God of the bullied and the guardian of the weak. As Christians, this role takes on an even deeper significance for us, for we watch and understand how Christ allowed himself to be led like a lamb to the slaughter. As Jesus suffers the insults and abuse of Roman and Jewish authorities, the good shepherd of John's gospel becomes the suffering servant of Isaiah's scroll. He is despised and rejected by others. He becomes a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He is one from whom others hide their faces, one who was despised and held of no account. Jesus puts himself willingly into the hands of bullies for our sake. For as the Gospel of John writes, the good shepherd gladly lays down his life for his sheep. But the full power of the Gospel is not seen until we see that even as Christ humbles himself as the sacrificial lamb, he is also glorified as the one who will rise up and come to the rescue of all the other sheep. For theologian James Cone, this identity of Christ as the guardian of the weak is the defining and most important characteristic of Jesus Christ. Jesus, Cone writes, comes to us, and I quote, as the oppressed one, whose earthly existence was bound up with the oppressed of the land. He is one with the poor and the outcasts, Cone writes. And then he concludes, as the guardian of the weak, Jesus must be where human beings are enslaved. In other words, wherever people are suffering, wherever people are being abused, Christ the Good Shepherd, Christ the Guardian of the Weak, must be there. I think that means we must be there too. As followers of the Good Shepherd who himself was bullied, I think we are called to be especially sensitive to situations in which weak or vulnerable people are being abused or mistreated. When Ezekiel says that the good shepherd will feed his sheep with justice, he is calling us as God's people to accept this offering as our own spiritual food. In other words, the pursuit of justice for all of God's people, including the poorest and the weakest and the sickest among us, is for the Christian 
our daily bread. I think that also means we have to be honest with ourselves about ways in which we might be supporting or contributing to systems that push weaker people around, fattening the stronger sheep at the expense of the weak ones. We have to be open to the realization that sometimes we might actually be standing with the bullies. As people of God and people of the world, what are we accepting? What are we supporting? What are we tolerating in the name of power or influence or our own comfort that may be causing harm to poor, vulnerable, or marginalized people? As Dr. Carolyn Sharp of Yale Divinity School has written, it is never God's will that believers injure one another, jockey for advantage, or exploit resources that should be for all. Because the Good Shepherd will always stand and be with those who are enslaved, because God will always seek out the suffering and the lost so that wherever they may be, he will be also. We are called to be there too, so that we might give voice to the voiceless, and use our own power and privilege to help those who are being bullied by power and privilege. I once heard a story about a man who was trying to follow the path of the Good Shepherd. He was walking home one night when he was blindsided and attacked by a gang of muggers out of nowhere. And after beating the man severely, the thieves dragged him into a dark alley and left him there for dead. As he lay bleeding on the ground, he felt someone gently lifting his shoulders off the pavement. And straining to open his swollen eyes, he could only see the fuzzy outline of a man's face. It was framed by a soft yellow glow of a distant streetlight and then almost immediately, that man lost consciousness once more. But later that night in the hospital, this vague memory came back to that victim. And he asked his nurse, is the one who helped me here? I really want to speak to him. And the nurse answered, yes, he is here. He has been waiting. He wants to talk to you too. When that man came in and walked over to the bedside, the injured man gratefully shook his hand. He said, I want to thank you for helping me tonight. And I want to tell you something. When I looked up into that dim light and I saw your face, it was framed with a heavenly glow. For a minute there, I thought you were Jesus. The man smiled back at him. I have something to tell you, too. When I heard your voice calling for help, I thought you were Jesus. Wherever people are suffering, Jesus, the shepherd of the sheep, the guardian of the weak, is there. 
Whenever people are calling out for help, Jesus is there. Wherever people labor under the weight of poverty, Jesus is there. Wherever people are being oppressed by unjust systems and powers, Jesus is there. And if we seek to follow the Good Shepherd, the one who looks out for the bullied ones wherever they may be, then we should be there too. For we too must be guardians of the weak. May we, as the sheep of God's flock, follow the sound of the shepherd's voice and make the pursuit of his justice our own daily bread. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus.
We've heard the word proclaimed, and now let us share what it is we believe by saying together our affirmation of faith. It comes to us from the Heidelberg Catechism. The leader asks, why is he called Christ, meaning anointed? And the people respond, because he has been ordained by God the Father and has been anointed with the Holy Spirit to be our chief prophet and teacher who fully reveals to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our deliverance. Our only high priest who has delivered us by the one sacrifice of his body and who continually pleads our cause with the Father and our eternal King who, forgiven, who forgives us by his word and spirit and who guards us and keeps us in the freedom he has won for us. Amen. My friends, God holds the depths of the earth and the heights of the mountains, the sea and the dry land. Let us offer our gifts to God, our maker and our redeemer. Let us turn to God in prayer. God of all time, all places, all people, we admit that in our unknowing, we can't begin to understand you fully. But also we cling to what we do understand. That you hear our prayers. That you love us with a perfect love that you see through our self-doubt and our wandering desires, our fear and our immense focus on ourselves, that you see through all of that and yet still see loveliness and value and potential in each one of us. In this time of harvest, fill us with real thanksgiving for all life, for family situations that threaten to overwhelm us, help us see gifts of grace in surprising moments. For grief over the loss of a treasured friend or loved one, remind us of the best parts of that wonderful relationship and how we've been changed by it. For hospital tests that bring relief and make us relish in the relief rather than to race on. For scary health news, highlight those loyal friends who reach out, not knowing what to do or say, but still they reach out anyway. 
Lord, in this time of harvest, fill us with thanksgiving for all of life. We give you thanks for the earth's resources, for food that nurtures us, for beauty of trees and forest, sea and sky, for farmers who nurture seed, and for unseen workers doing the tedious work of picking our coffee beans or our grapes or whatever else we take for granted. O oh God, make us mindful of our duty to care for the earth. We pray for our government and its leaders, that democracy would be strengthened, that co collaboration beyond party would be reborn, that laws for the sake of the health and education and safety of our people would be the rule, that good work for a fair wage would be available. Dear God, we pray for anyone who has been assaulted, who has been treated as an object and has been bullied, and for those struggling with addiction and mental health issues that are very acute this time of year. We pray for them, O oh Lord. Lord, in this time of harvest, make us thankful for all of life, for the gift of this faith and this community, for the freedom to worship, for the gift of your Son, our brother and our friend, Jesus, the one around whom we gather to learn how to live and how to love. And we pray all this saying the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
as followers of the Good Shepherd. Let us join him in his quest to seek out and save the lost. Let us stand firmly with the guardian of the weak and find those who need our help wherever they may be. And as we seek to follow that still small voice along the path that has been laid out for us, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the countenance of God rise before you and give you peace both now and always. Amen. Farewell.